previously on Building Evelyn. The house had only one bathroom by the kitchen, so Evelyn made sure to be in the kitchen munching on something when her aunt got out of the shower. She would watch her aunt getting dressed. Her small framed, fair body was something that the family would talk about in family gatherings. How gracious breasts were so small that were almost non-existent. Apparently, her sisters and mother had different frames and could not understand this mystery. But Evelyn thought nothing of her aunt's small breasts and dark nipples. Hello and welcome to Building Evelyn. This story is based in true events, but written with a bit of fiction. Each chapter of the story is written by a different writer, and each writer not only continues the story using real events and facts, but also puts their own twist on the previous writer's idea to keep the story moving. I am Jackie Passau, and chapter 3 was written by me. Her grandmother's name was Josie, Josie Munoz. Almost everybody knew Evelyn's grandmother in her county. One, because she had that big farm. Two, because she had the chapel. And three, because she was kind to all who knew her. Everyone, big, small, rich, poor, white, black, male or female, liked and respected her. She was like a Catholic church celebrity, and she traveled all over the county, blessing people, talking common sense to those who needed, and giving a helping hand whenever possible. Being nice was her calling, and Evelyn loved her grandma so very much. She had many grandchildren. Six of Miss Josie's children lived on the farm, and they each had more than one child, except Gracious, who had just one. But Miss Josie knew each of her grandchildren by name, and she liked Evelyn quite a bit, maybe because she was there at the house all the time, keeping her grandma company. This piece of land has been in my family for a long time. She always told the grandchildren. Miss Josie's family lived on this land long before there were houses on that street, before the government paved the road a few miles from her property and called it an avenue, and before many businesses built factories that people looking for work move in around, making it the county that it was then. This county was the oldest of their state, 
many boats had arrived through the waters of the beach just thirty minutes away, bringing foreigners that wanted the land's native riches while others brought contraband. Evelyn's favorite story was about the pet her grandma had when she was a teenager, a beautiful, colorful macaw that was almost as tall as she was. Miss Josie was not a very tall lady. She had a beautiful skin tone, which told of her indigenous heritage that reminded Evelyn of ripe coconuts, and her mahogany-colored hair was super long and straight. She never wore it down, as her signature look was the bun that sat at the nape of her neck. The macaw, though, was red with blue wings. It didn't live in a cage, and it never flew away. Her grandma used to say the reason it stayed it was the cashew nuts she would feed her daily and because Miss Josie loved her macaw so much. When Miss Josie got older and took over the farm, she named it after her beloved pet, Machu Farm. Evelyn would giggle and thought it was silly that her grandma never really named the macaw that ate cashews. So the M-A-C was from macaw and the H-E-W was from cashew. It was so nice to hear these stories and see the smile on her grandma's face. When her aunt Gracious got a car after working a while at the bank, Miss Josie ordered a gigantic wooden gate that was painted white. This gate stood as the main entrance of the property and faced the long dirt road that bordered the farm from end to end. On each side of the gate was a white concrete wall with a section that arched over the gate. The rest of the fencing was barbed wire. There, the sign said, Machu Farm, Josie Munoz. During the day, the gate was kept unlocked and locked every evening around 10 p.m. by Evelyn's uncle, the one who lived next door to Evelyn's house. There was one more entrance to the farm, right in front of Miss Josie's house, which was a small metal gate that was always locked. It used to be the only entrance to the farm, she said. Her house sat in what would have been the middle of a very large rectangular plot of land. But imagine, if you will, the land in the upper left quadrant of this rectangle was not hers. Miss Josie's house and the old entrance connected to a path that traveled along this connected land and exited to the main road on the east side of the rest of her property. Upon going through the new entrance, the first house on the left side of the driveway belonged to Evelyn's uncle. The driveway curved left after passing her uncle's property, and Evelyn's house was on the opposite side of the driveway to the right. The driveway continued straight ahead for around 500 feet or so, 
curved right at a watermelon patch, and continue further still until reaching Miss Josie's house, which is where her aunt Gracious lived. Evelyn's grandma's house faced a large garden that was filled with vegetables, many types of teas and herbs, and every morning her house smelled like cilantro. Miss Josie spent a lot of her time at the chapel. She would hold daily prayers and even had an events calendar. She built the chapel next door to Evelyn's house. When she didn't go around the neighborhood praying at people's houses, prayers would be held at the chapel, and people that were not family were in the property more often. As time passed, she was able to register her little church with the Catholic system, and now and then, a priest would travel from the main parish and hold mass for the community. To the east of her property was an empty lot, not as long as Evelyn's grandmother's lot, but wider. It stopped at the new paved avenue. There was a house in the middle of the property that looked spooky. Nobody ever saw the owner or his family, and people would gossip that they were dangerous witches. It was believed that a man would walk around with a gun looking for intruders, and when he found one, he would shoot them and bury their bodies in his property, and no one would ever know what happened. Evelyn swore she heard noises coming from the man's property at night, but was always scared to look that direction through her window shutters. At the end of this property, on the south side, was where the old entrance to Miss Josie's property was. From there, anyone living on the farm would walk east to the new paved street to catch the bus to go places. Evelyn remembered her grandmother's neighbors. They were nice people, and their property followed along with her grandma's, only the barbed wire fencing separating them. The rest of the occupants' places were not as nice. Actually, the remainder of the property after the neighbor's house was very bad. It was a favela, or slum, that was named Favela Machu and it was dotted with makeshift houses occupied by very poor people. There was a lot of garbage everywhere, and it smelled horrific when you passed through. Evelyn had to travel through the favela to go to school, and even though it was safe for her, she was Miss Josie's granddaughter after all, it was not the case for many others. The journey through the favela didn't bring Evelyn's spirit down. She loved her school and all the amenities the complex offered. She was having a great time in first grade and being class leader was very exciting to her. 
Her classes were in the mornings. Back then, schools in Brazil had classes in the morning, in the afternoon, and at night. Her mother would help her get ready in the morning, making sure she dressed properly and that her hair was combed and presentable. One morning, while combing Evelyn's long, straight hair, her mother, Mary, noticed a bruised, bald patch on her scalp. She thought it was strange, but didn't think much of it at first. The next day, the bruise had become a wound with blisters all over. Mary decided to take Evelyn to one of the doctors at her school complex to have a look at the wound. The first-come, first-served system was a challenge. Since there were limited doctors with limited work schedules, many families had to wake up at the crack of dawn to be able to get a ticket to be seen the same day. Only a certain number of tickets were given for same-day doctor or dentist visits. Mary woke up at 3 a.m. Peace walked her through the favela to the complex and went back home to stay with Evelyn and her little sister while her mother stood in line to get the ticket. There were two lines, one for the various doctors and another line for dentists. It was chilly in the early morning and even at 3 a.m. there were people already in line. She was number five in a doctor's line, so she was certain she would receive a ticket for the same day, maybe even that morning. Everyone waited until 6 a.m. to get inside the building. They would have to wait in line another hour until the front desk would open at 7 a.m. to start distributing the tickets. Mary was able to get an appointment that morning so she ran back home in time to let Peace get going en route to the bus stop on his way to his job at the factory. Mary fed Evelyn breakfast, and while she ate, Mary got everything ready for them to walk back to the clinic. With a baby in her arms, Mary asked Evelyn to walk closely, as she wouldn't be able to hold her hand. The walk back to the clinic wasn't bad, although it was a cloudy day. Mary looked to the sky and hoped it wouldn't rain, as she had no umbrella. Evelyn, on the other hand, loved the rain so much, and she loved to play in the rain any time she got a chance, even if it was on the way to the doctor. She didn't really understand why she needed to see the lady doctor. She felt fine, but her mother told her something was growing on her scalp. It didn't hurt, but it felt tight. The doctor was friendly and gave her mother a sample of the medicine. If it didn't get better, by the time the sample was used up, they would have to buy what she had prescribed. Mary gathered the girls for the walk back to the house. Evelyn missed school that day, but Mary made sure to walk towards her classroom after the appointment 
to let Evelyn's teacher know about the condition of the wound on her scalp. The teacher placed a few pieces of homework in a plastic bag and gave it to them in case Mary thought it was best to keep Evelyn home for some time. The rain sprinkled as they left Evelyn's classroom and they rushed back before the rain got heavy. The wound didn't get better. It actually got worse and others appeared on her head. Mary didn't know what to do. If she went back to the doctor, the lady would basically tell her the same thing. So she was lost. That night after work, Gracious decided to visit Evelyn to see how she was doing. And after Mary and Peace gave her Evelyn's status, they sat there thinking on what to do next. Gracious remembers someone telling her about this old lady who had healing gifts. People said that her prayers had cured many in the neighborhood. Before her aunt left, she promised Evelyn that when she got better, they would celebrate by going on a trip to the beach, which they both looked forward to. The next day, Evelyn's parents started to look for the healer, and when they found her, she had agreed to pray on Evelyn's scalp, which made Evelyn so happy to know that soon she would enjoy a trip to the beach with her aunt. Evelyn would go to see her healer every day, and the only thing she asked was to bring a flower with her each visit. She would give the old lady the flower, and she prayed and pet Evelyn's scalp with the flower until its life was gone. Before they left, they would place a nail on the wall together. Evelyn didn't understand, but the lady had her ways figured out, so she just went along with it. Miss Josie loved her new grandson very much. It was a pleasure to have a baby in the house after all these years, even if it was not the way she planned. She was very involved in the care of the child, even though she was not the sole caregiver when Gracious was at the bank. The baby gave her perspective and hope. Her family life was always so chaotic, but she hoped and prayed that her daughter would have it differently. Gracious continued her relationship with the handsome fella she met at the bank. He was very loving and made sure to be there for the baby. He registered the child in his name, named the boy after himself, and with this gesture, Gracious pretended that everything was all right. She never asked any questions about his other family. She just wanted her little family to feel as real as possible for as long as possible. At the bank, her best friend Esther was very supportive 
and Gracious loved to talk to her about all the things going on in her life. Gracious was still living in her mother's house, and while her mother was trying the best she could to cope with the new adjusted life, Gracious knew her mother was disappointed, and it bothered her a lot. Her father, in the other hand, had no trouble telling her how he felt when he was drunk. He was so loud and brutish. Everyone avoided him when he was home drunk. Gracious would sit at the chapel watching her mother organize things, worship and pray. Esther would come as well sometimes, and the two ladies and the baby boy would be there in solitude, enjoy the peace and quiet of the little church. Esther worked as one of the tellers. She was gilded and shiny, and she greeted the customers with her wide, bright smile. Her beautiful cocoa skin looked so good on her. She wore her blue scarf on her hair with her curls nicely pinned in a bun, but not so put together like the others. She wanted to look effortlessly beautiful, and she did just that. Her black eyeliner and red lipstick complemented the look so well. Esther smiled big and greeted her next customer. Good morning, ma'am. How may I help you today? The woman looked at her straight in the eye and didn't reply for a moment. She looked tired and lost. Esther repeated her greeting. Ma'am, can I help you? The lady approached the counter and said in a very calm but firm voice, You tell her to leave my husband alone. Esther swallowed slowly. It felt like time stopped and everything was quiet, like there were only the two of them in the bank. The only sound was the humming of the air conditioner. He will not leave me and all we built together for her. This playing house that is going on will end and I don't want to regret my actions later in life. She needs to back off. And just like that she left. Esther froze. Her heart beat fast. She fell sick and immediately asked Gracious to take a quick break. Gracious saw that something was wrong with her friend. She was pale and looked drained. She asked if everything was okay and Esther nodded yes. Gracious continued to work and Esther went outside to breathe some fresh air. She shed a tear for her lovely friend. Why the hell did she get so deeply involved with this guy, knowing he was married? He had a family already and he lied his way through the relationship and Gracious just went along. What for? Now they have a kid together, but they are not together really. They won't be together, not now. Esther had to think whether she was going to tell Gracious about her boyfriend's wife coming to the bank or if she was going to come up with an excuse about why she was behaving the way she just did. Esther decided not to tell Gracious right away. 
When she went back inside the bank, she told Gracious that everything was fine and she was ready to go back to her spot and continue her work. Three days later, while Gracious was in a meeting, Esther saw the handsome married fellow looking around, probably looking for Gracious. She closed her station and headed towards where he was standing. She told him his wife was at the bank looking for trouble, that she knows about his adventures with Gracious, and that she threatened to do something she might regret in the future if Gracious didn't leave him alone. She said, My friend is a good person who trusted you to keep your shit together. We don't want your wife coming in here again or around Gracious' family. So you need to go and never contact her again. He looked at her and towards the glass wall of the conference room where Gracious was meeting with her co-workers. He nodded and left. Gracious had no idea she was never going to see her boyfriend again, the father of her child, the one she loved. She didn't understand when a request came to her desk to close all his accounts and withdraw the money to give the errand boy waiting at the counter. She didn't understand when she would call his office numerous times and he never picked up after the secretary transferred the call. She didn't understand when the day he usually visited the baby came and her boy didn't show. She would cry on Esther's shoulder, so sad and confused, while her mother, Miss Josie, prayed, thanking Saint Mary for lifting this burden from her family and that her daughter would learn how to cope with the pain and that God would give her peace. Evelyn knew nothing what was going on in her aunt's life. She only knew that going to visit her was not a good idea at the time from what her parents told her. She kept going to the healer and her wounds were almost completely gone. She loved going there. The lady's touch was so gentle. The way the flower caressed Evelyn's scalp put her to sleep every time, and it made her feel sad she wasn't going to her sessions at the healer anytime soon. But she remembered that she was going to the beach with her aunt to celebrate her recovery and that made her very happy. The wound did not prevent Evelyn from going to school either. Her mother would cover it with a scarf and she didn't care how it looked at all. She was still young and it didn't bother her if she looked silly or if some of the kids asked her questions about her hairstyle. The only thing that matters was knowing that soon she would no longer need to wear her hair under her scarf. Her father told her that maybe they would need to trim it a bit, but that didn't bother Evelyn either. Gracious heard Evelyn was healed by the healer and remember of her promise to take her niece to a trip 
to the beach. She certainly didn't feel like going anywhere these days, but she thought it might help take her mind from what happened and enjoy the day with the kids. Peace helped Gracious load everything they needed in her blue car, and off they went. The beach was fairly close to their house, 30 minutes by foot and much less by car. Evelyn loved to look out the window to the gigantic sand dunes to her right and the salt quarry to the left, so close to the cars they approached the parking lot. This beach was by a river or vice versa, so you could go choose whether you wanted to enjoy the waves or the calm waters. Evelyn thought the waves were very beautiful and watching them turn so powerfully always hypnotized her, but she preferred the calm waters of the river. The water was warm and it was easy to play in. You could also cross the river in a colorful boat to lounge on the other side of the bank. There were lots of restaurants and people liked the crossing. Her aunt preferred to stay put that day. She didn't want to take the baby across the river in a colorful boat. They played in the sand with the baby and Evelyn's father watched them from the restaurant lounge chair. Evelyn loved to spend time with her beautiful aunt and she didn't even care that now she took the baby along everywhere they went. Six months after the mysterious disappearance of her then-boyfriend, Gracious felt better. Her heart was in the midst of its healing and she was hopeful that Saint Mary was blessing her path and those in it. The bank had a business trip scheduled for her and she was excited to go on this journey, a training she needed to get done in a different state. Three people from her branch were going and among them was her friend Esther, who had been promoted and needed to get acquainted with the bank system and the folks at the corporate office. They would be doing their respective training for three days and they had another three days off to explore the city. It was the first time Gracious had flown in an airplane. It was so exciting and she felt so special and fancy. She met many of her colleagues that were staying at the same hotel and they shared good conversations and laughs. The next day, she met with some executives and started her training and everything seemed to go smoothly and as planned for her and her friend Esther. On the last day of training, she was invited to dine with the execs. There were three men and one lady besides her. They were all very polite and seemed to be very interested in her, so needless to say, dinner was a success. She came back to the hotel by taxi. She and Esther were sharing the same room. The girlfriends were happy and planning their three days off when the doorbell rang. It was a delivery guy. They looked at each other and opened the door. 
delivery for Gracious Munoz? Gracious was so surprised to receive a beautiful bouquet of flowers and a box of chocolate. Esther found the card and handed it to her friend. It read, It was a pleasure meeting you, Miss Munoz. I can hardly wait to see you again and perhaps take you to dinner. But next time, just the two of us. Respectfully, Fernando. Building Evelyn Original Story and Narration by Jackie Pessal Chapter 3 was written and produced by Jackie Pessal Music by Clark James You can listen to his amazing music on Spotify, SoundCloud and Google Play To learn more, visit clarkjamespiano.com or find him on Facebook or Amazon Want to have your music on the next episode? Want to write the next chapter? Or just want to say hi? Email us at info at buildingevelyn.com or follow us on Instagram or Facebook. At Building Evelyn is our handle. And now, you can find us on WhatsApp at 513-580-4595. Check out buildingevelyn.com That's b l d g evelyn.com For more information on the show and while you are there consider clicking the donate link that would be so nice of you <laughs>